Hello and welcome. This is On and Off the Pitch. I'm Robin Cyrus. We have another interview with the one and only Rianne Cleverly of Lewis Women FC. Rianne, thank you for joining me for this interview. Well, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Well, it may be your pleasure. It's definitely my pleasure. Before we get into finding out about your journey uh, into football and where it began and who were your kind of key key individuals, um, what I want to ask you generally is because of this, there's no football. How have you? How are you keeping generally yourself? How are you coping with uh, the lack of game time? Yeah, it's difficult, honestly. Lewis have been great um, to start with. Uh, we're still, I feel like I know my teammates now better than um, before. Uh, we have like a group chat. So daily we're posting videos and stuff on there. Someone gets nominated. Um, we've got team yoga sessions. We've got team PT sessions. Um, but other than that, it, it doesn't uh, replicate football. So it, it obviously is like a big loss. And we just can't wait for a decision to be made to see what's going to happen. I think that's the hardest thing. Um, but I've got a nephew who works to keep me busy for about six months. So um, I'm probably one of the only ones who's appreciate, appreciating this lockdown a little bit more. Well, that, that may be something about you in terms of maybe your, your kind of leadership. We can talk a little bit about that and how you're, you're, you're viewed by others on the pitch. But, you know, in terms of the yoga sessions, um, who's leading those? Um, there's this lovely woman called Gay, and she actually did yoga team yoga sessions with us once a week when we're in Lewis. Um, and she's kindly offered to keep doing that via Zoom. Um, so that there's three of us who are really big into it. So myself, Charlie Boswell and Sammy Coyle. And then uh, um, some other teammates are in and out. They, they do it as and when they can. But for me, I, I love it. It helps me distress and forget that I'm stuck in the house a little bit. So yeah, it's great. That's good. So in terms of your journey into football, uh, where does it begin? Where did it begin for you? You know, where, tell me about that. How does it begin? At what age? So I, was, I think it was probably about age nine. It's quite funny now. This is the first I'm back in Wales living with my family for the lockdown. So it's quite funny. This is the first time I've been home for a long time living here. Um, so it brings back memories of growing up playing in the garden uh, with my brother. Um, so it's quite uh, meaningful at the moment. Um, but yeah, age nine, I think I finally persuaded my mum to let me join a local boys football team. I have two brothers, um, so they weren't great, but they both played football. So playing against them in the garden, I automatically thought I was a superstar. Um, but when I joined this boys football team and couldn't pass a ball, I just used to foul everyone. I think I, I learned pretty, pretty quickly that I still have a long way to go. Um, but I just loved it uh, from minute one, um, just all I wanted to do um, and then moved on. There wasn't many girls teams where I lived, um, but there was a local team, maybe about 20 minutes, 30 minutes away and went on from there. And yeah, just just loved it from minute one. Yeah, so what, what can you remember most about that time when you started playing? Um, I loved Arsenal, so every photo that I look back on, I've got a different Arsenal top on. I remember the, the yellow one, I think I posted it on Twitter lately when we played against Arsenal. Um, that, was, that was my favourite top and I, I wouldn't take it off. So I remember being quite smelly and dirty all the time, um, just because I wouldn't take my football kits off. I remember um, my coach actually having to wear shin pads to train in because he used to join in and he used to say that all I used to do was foul everyone. Um, I wasn't great on the ball, but I just loved tackling and the rough and tough side of it. So I think I made everyone wear shin pads. I think that was, that's my only memory. And playing for the boys for about five years and never scoring a goal, just tackling everyone. Um, 
but yeah that that gave me a great platform for when i went and I moved on to the deal side uh, i think the five years playing with the boys was the best decision or although it probably looks like a restriction because there was no girls teams that gave me a, an advantage when i did end up playing for the girls teams so i think it look, looking back it was quite funny but um it was it was a great time and, and for the boys that you played with that during that period are you still in contact with them do they go oh, yeah you knew you would be like this yeah it's quite funny because i ended up like going to school with a lot of them then and i think from minute one they recognized me they're like oh oh god this is rihanna again kind of thing um but um, yeah, we, it was good because it just gave me friendships off the field. And that's one thing that football has been amazing for me. It's given me that thing outside of football, like friendships and memories, which I that otherwise I wouldn't have. So still now when I come back home, obviously not now, I can't see them. We're all isolation. But Christmas times and in the summer, um, we, we still meet up um, and catch up and still talk about those times. Yeah. And do they encourage you? Yeah, I think... It's nice to come home, like when I was younger, they'd give me a bit more stick, but now they're actually seeing it and it's, it's, it's quite nice that like, they understand the game is growing and they'll talk to me about football, like women's football. So it shows that they may be using, they recognise me as playing football and then they'll watch it and it's obviously been on TV a lot more lately. Um, so they put in like those two connections together and it's good, it's good to see because um, they did give me a lot of stick as being like one of the boys when I was younger, but now it's it's quite becoming more normal for women's football, I guess. So you're, you're definitely, you were definitely at the forefront in your, in your little area. So uh, they must acknowledge what you did for the game at that point when you were so determined to play. Yeah, I, I think so. It was just, at the start, it's a bit of a shock, I think. Obviously, when we turn up and play against other male uh, boys teams, um, they'd be like, oh, there's, there's a girl on that team. Not that I probably look much at as a girl at that age, um, I was just a tomboy, but um, I'm quite lucky where I live. Um, there's, it's, it's quite weird. There's a lot of girls who have played for Wales or gone on to play at a high level. And I think it's kind of staggered. So in each age group, there's one. And I think it was good. We all acted as role models for each other. So there was girls older than me and there's Sammy Quayle who uh, plays for Lewis too, who's a year younger than me. Um, so we all um, used to train a little bit together and bounced off each other. So. Where I lived, it was more normal than other areas. Um, so it was quite good, yeah. It was a good area to live in. Okay, so so at what point do you stop playing with the boys' team? What age was that? And do you then move into to girls' stroke women's football? I think I was about, at the age of 14, um, you have, you're supposed to play with the age group above too. So I, it was the first time that I noticed that I, I was the one having to wear the shin pads, let's say. Um, the, the boys were getting quite rough and tough. Um, so I noticed the physical differences then. Um, so that was when I moved and played for one year for the girls and the boys. So I played for the boys on a Saturday and the girls on a Sunday. Um, and then from then on, it was the year after, I think 14, 15, it, it was just girls all the time. Uh, two years at Mardi Tigers, they were called in Abergavenny. Um, and then from then over to Bristol, which was some good memories too. Right, tell me about your time at Bristol then. How did that go? How, how did you end up joining Bristol and, and what was it like for you? Um, so I ended up, I at the age of 16, they have Centre of Excellence. But at that point, I was still doing um, my GCSEs and playing for Mardi Tigers. So I used to go over and train a little bit. There was, as I said, the girls who were in my local area who were doing really well had already made that step across to Bristol. Um, so it was always in my um, my ideas to maybe that's the next step on if I want to continue 
football at a high level. Um, and when I started training with them, I was like, wow, this, these skills are good. This is where I need to be straight away. So then once I finished my GCSEs, it was that decision to go over there. And I, I did uh, my college of this. So we used to train in the mornings, uh, play for the academies on a Wednesday and uh, do our studies in the afternoon and then play for the reserve team on a Sunday and ended up um, because football was taking so much of my time instead of doing two years at A levels I ended up doing three and extending it and great three years um, just football all the time and it was the first I would say professional although we weren't getting paid it was training every day and the nutrition the recovery and everything like that and obviously Bristol first team were doing great then so we had some great role models and that pathway was just class that we could we knew if we worked hard we could make it into the first team so it, it was great so you know what i'm getting from what you just told me in terms of your time at bristol you know i wanted to ask you whether or not you took that period seriously or whether it was just a bit of fun but you were definitely dedicated to the sport from from that point in time and you knew what you wanted to do almost so that you your your education kind of took a back step is that is that right yeah, much to my mum's um, disappointment, I think I think that's right. Um, I remember vividly, like on a Friday, uh, we'd have train. It was my favourite day because we'd have training for a long period in the mornings, and then we'd have to go to biology in the afternoon. Um, so we managed to shower and stuff. I wasn't as smelly then, but um, I'd always remember that Friday afternoon sleepiness after training really hard. I'd always fall asleep during my biology lesson, three hours of biology. And I purposely put my pencil in my hand and put my head on the desk so it looked like I was writing, but I was actually asleep. Um, so that was, <laughs> uh, we got in a lot of trouble. When we <laughs> but um, it was just, that was the point where I realised football was what I wanted to do. Um, luckily, Bristol were, were, they had our best interests at heart where they realised at that time football wasn't um, given us financially a, 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 like a stable life. So they made sure that our education was big and, I, and I'm very grateful for that. So I remember I was struggling, a couple of us were struggling with our biology and we used to have to do extra lessons if we wanted to train. Um, so it was quite good, that balance of, yes, football comes first for us, but we have to make sure that we're coping academically too. Um, so, yeah, but it was just, it was the first time that I thought, and there was a, there was a good group of us. We could have definitely taken it um more as a joke and just our uh, just football and then going and enjoying ourselves but we that was the first time i remember dedicating myself and thinking this is this is what i want to do yeah. mm. so that that period in your life shaped your footballing approach your your approach to football and, and your career as you have it now well 100 yeah um there were people like corinne yorston who was the captain at the time um, she, um tash Hardin um lauren dykes um even people like jess fishlock were still there when i was um when i was first coming in so we wanted to be part of that if we could if there was extra they needed extra numbers at training we wanted to be the ones to be picked so it was all of us competing every day um we, i used to go in i remember and do extra training sessions with corinne on a friday speed sessions and i was awful at, in the gym I, it was the first time i'd ever been part of a strength and conditioning program and she used to make me have a wooden pole and just stand there and practice 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 um but yeah i, I i'm really grateful for that and the time because i know they put a lot of time into us too and it definitely shaped the professionalism and, and that, that side of my game for sure 
and and if you were to share well it's not so much share if you were to go back in time to a, a younger self your younger self what would you tell yourself in terms of that period what, you, what advice would if you were in that first team and a, a younger version of you walked in what would you say that's a great question um i don't know because at the time i loved and enjoyed every minute so it it seems like it would be hard work and and it definitely was but i just loved it and i thrived from it and a lot of us did so it was always fun to me it was never this is a job or this is a demand i don't want to do this um so i think just maybe I would tell myself to make sure you do enjoy, just appreciate each moment because I didn't realise how good we had it then. And those role models were ama amazing people, those, those team, uh, even people like Laura Del Rio and Natalia and the Spanish internationals. Like they, they, I don't know if I'll ever play with that sort of those team day in, day out ever again. It was just quality players. Um, so just, just appreciate that experience, I think. Uh, maybe a little bit more because I was just too young to understand how good it was. Well, that, that's that. Well, at least you have a message. So it's a very difficult question to think about, really, because yeah. you know even I would struggle now trying to say what would I give in terms of advice on my younger self. But you know, it kind of says a lot about your character because there's the leadership aspect, which I think is quite clear with you. Uh, and I'm going to come on to that a little bit later. Uh, I want to ask you about your position in terms of where you play in the team. So you're a defender, is that correct? Yeah, I would love to say I was a striker, but unfortunately, I think I I don't think I'm moving that far from centre back. I think, as I said, I'm getting a bit old now and slow, so this definitely, I think I found my position. Well, I don't know about getting old. Let's let's just say that. <laughs> uh, at what point did you? At what point did you realise that that was your best position, or were you were you in another position and? and either volunteered or someone asked can you slot in at what point i was actually a very distinct point that i realized i used to play right back a lot um i, I like i like getting forward i like being involved too and obviously when we were growing up a bit more maybe center backs weren't as involved in the possession it's, it's, it's changing now and it it did in bristol but um yeah right back i just wanted to get forward and enjoy it but i remember making my my debut for um, the first team for Bristol, my first start, we played against Arsenal in the Conti Cup. And we, we were in the FA Cup final, so the week they, want, they played a lot of us youngsters because the week after they wanted to play like the strongest 11. So they were like, well, we'll play some of the youngsters. And I was playing right back up against Gemma Davison. Um, I think she plays for Tottenham now. She was at Arsenal at the time, probably known as the fastest or the most skillful player that there is in women's football. And the first half, I, I was fine. I was I, I was so up for the game and I thought I was doing well. We came in, I think we were actually winning at half time. And I, I was like, this is what dreams are made of. This is debuts. And then the second half, she just turned it on and I couldn't get near it. I couldn't even get near it to foul. And that was when I realised that I, I had a long way to go. And right back probably wasn't my, my best position. I, I just couldn't get near her. She was so quick. And that 1v1 defending, I was getting caught out a little bit. So I tucked inside and I, I've been... Um, enjoying it a bit more ever since. Yeah. And how many years has it been since you've now been playing inside of the right back role? Um, so I think I finally realised that it was definitely a position in the under 19 Wales elite qualifiers, uh, which we hosted in Wales. So I would have been 18, I think, because I was a year below. Um, and that was the first time where I really started playing there and thought, 
I'm comfortable and I can speak a little bit more and obviously use that leadership side of it a bit more. So yeah, I would say 18. So well, it's been about seven years now. So yeah, that's gone quick. It's gone very <laughs> quick. So if you were able to describe your time at Bristol within a sentence, how would you do that? The good old days, I think. <laughs> the good <laughs> just, old just, days. Just great. Like at the time, it was we. It was just great. Like the friendships, um, the football, and, and even studying. I, I can't really put into words. It was. It was. It was just great. Yeah. It was. It was just an eye opener, and uh, I'll always look back on the on the at that time at Bristol. Yeah. Well, that's good. And how many years did you spend at Bristol before moving on to is it the half? Um, so no, I did three years at Bristol and then I um, was making the decision I was either going to go to another club because Bristol at the time were one of the best teams in the UK. I think we were making FA Cup finals, um, we came second in the league and I knew if I wanted to progress my next step in the career I needed game time. So I think the decision was either to go to Reading at that point or um go to america so I, I then spent four years at university in america in new york uh um, hofstra university in long island um i remember i didn't really think about it much i just thought i'm gonna go on a two-week holiday kind of thing and if i don't enjoy it i'll come home and and play football here um it was it was just one of those things where i knew if i didn't try it i'd regret it but i wasn't 100 percent sure about that decision by any means just because football was getting so big in this country um so yeah, but I went, I got injured in my first game over at Hofstra and I stayed. And I, again, another four great years that flew by. Um, and then after that, I went to the half. So four years there, but yeah. Yeah, and, and, and what was that like, apart from just spending four years and a little bit of injury? Uh, what did you gain in terms of knowledge from that time? Um, it was one of those things that, again, the importance uh, for me getting an education and the out of football side of it. Um, again, it was very professional. We had players like Leah Galton, who's at Man United. Um, I think Amy Turner was there at one point. Um, there's, there's some, there were some big players there that, that, that were very good. Um, so it was still very professional, but it was getting that qualification and getting my uni degree at the same time. Um, but more so for me, it was the first time that I realised. I needed because at Bristol I was very dedicated to the football. It was the first time I realised I needed to balance my life a bit better and have a life outside of football, um, which I was very against for so long because I know in order to get to be the best, then you have to be dedicated. But I think at some point you, it's also important to realise to switch off, and that was the first time uh, that helped me do that at Hofstra. I think it took me four years, but I finally uh, figured out how to relax a little bit. So that you then go to La Havre. Um, are you fluent in another language? How did you deal with that in terms of uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just getting by and getting on with your teammates on the pitch? How did you how did that come? How did you cope with that? I'd love to tell you that I, I was fluent, but I'm no, I'm not quite. I can understand quite a lot, but speaking it is a is a different is a different game. I remember. Um, obviously, we talked about my um, my communication, my leadership kind of thing, and that's a massive part of my game. So for me, it was so difficult. I'm I'm telling the centre midfielders to go right when they should be going left, and left when they should be going right, and man on when they should be turning. It was it was difficult. Um, but we were lucky. We had um, the woman who helped us get there. She 
was from Scotland and she translated a lot for us and she ended up giving us French lessons. There was a group of us there who were English based, uh, Welsh and English, um, and she taught us French lessons once a week. So that really helped. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a challenge. And again, another experience. Thank you to football that, that gave me that. Um, the lingo definitely helped, um, apps like that. Um, but I was lucky in terms of there was a lot of a lot of the French girls could speak English and there was a lot of us British and American players there. Um, so a lot of times we were in a bubble. You, you felt that you were in France, but as soon as you go out outside of football um, or you try to order food or a drink, then, then it became difficult. Yeah, um, it was good. The manager spoke very little English, so that was the, the most difficult point from my point of view. Uh, but definitely an experience that um, was was great overall. Yeah. What was the best result you had during that time things that, that you can remember? Um, it was there was one game that we played against PSG at home in the French Cup, and uh, we we parked the bus, as I would say. Uh, we definitely we were really good defending that day, and we were unlucky. I think eighty third minute, the referee gave a penalty, which was. I'm biased, obviously, but it was definitely not a penalty. Um, so, and it would have gone straight to um, PK's um, penalties at that point. And we had Courtney Brosnan, who's now the West Ham goalkeeper in goals. He was very, very good. So we had a lot of confidence that we could have done well in the, in the penalties. So we were gutted. That was a, that was a big game for us. Even though we lost, it was definitely one of one of my favourite games um, at that of my time. But we did well. We we came second, it was our first year in Division 2 France, and we came second. Um, but the league over there is quite mixed, so the, the bottom teams are probably, it's, it's not like the championship where every game is a hard game. You have the bottom of the league and not as good a standard as the top, so it, it was, every game was a bit different, but uh, PSG definitely stood out for us. That's, that's good. So you, you, you spent, after you spent time there, you decide to leave and come back and join Lewis. How did that, yeah. how did that? come about? Um, I was coming back, I knew I wanted to um, do something in terms of back to my education again. Um, so um, I was looking to do a master's while playing as high a level as I could. And I thought, um, thinking of, I hadn't been in the English game for a while. I, I'd signed for Bristol a few times when I come home from America, but I knew I wanted to play. Um, so I thought division two was the right standard for me. So I just sent an email to every club um, and then obviously mentioned that I wanted to, um, I, I knew I didn't want to go home and live with my parents again. So I, I just reached out to every club and said, and see what they could offer me and, and talk to a couple. But um, straight away, Lewis just stood out. Fran was here at the time. And I think within 24 hours, he replied to say he could get me to Chichester to do the Masters, uh, wanted a phone call, told me all this information about Lewis and straight away that, that makes you feel wanted as a, as a player. And he said he already knew about me. Um, he, he, he was just great. And when I started learning more about Lewis, I, I, I heard of him before, but when I started realising how special the club was, it, it was a no-brainer. So, yeah. And that sounds really, you know, apart from being speculative when you say, I just emailed every club. But <laughs> the, the, the fact that you end up at Lewis, you've had this kind of special bond and connection and, and ethos, it, it, did it feel like going home? Yeah, it, it was weird. I always remember, um, I went to visit and Fran was back in Spain, actually. So I met Simon now. He, he walked me around um, Lewis when I came back to, when I came to visit. And it, it seemed like a proper, I loved the little town. I, I'd never been to Lewis. Um, 
So straight away it felt special. And then I remember signing and our first um, meeting as a team, I think it was the first day of preseason, a woman called Lynn came in and she was a volunteer at the club and now she works there full time. Um, but she shared a story about how she walked into Lewis um, and instantly felt at home. And it was it was her first experience of women's football and her story just hit home. And I was like, this is the club for me. This is the volunteering and the kindness and just how everyone goes about doing things the right way. Um, and she just sums it up and obviously she's still there now and a big part of Lewis. So people like that just uh, just make it very special. Yeah. So now that you're there, um, do you have a particular role? Are you the captain of the team? Um, we're very fortunate at Lewis that we yeah. have a lot of leaders and good captains. So we, we share the load. Faye is the, the captain. She She's the, probably the one person on the team who's more vocal and more uh, more of a leader than me. So, um, she, yeah, she is, but she's been in and out with injuries and stuff like that. Um, so I've had I've been fortunate enough to step in when she couldn't play. Um, and either with the captain's armband or not, um, I, I obviously love that, that role. Um, so, yeah, I've been lucky a couple of times this season to be captain on the pitch. Yeah, so when it's, you know, to be a captain, some people think it's just about wearing the armband. Some people think it's about your performance as a player. You know, what do you bring to the role as captain? And what is it that, that you've always thought that you were a leader? Because you said you were vocal, but it's got to be something more than that. Yeah, I think I think it goes back to maybe my time at Bristol. There, there was just a lot of people there that I learned off of how to do things the right way. Um, so I think to start with being very vocal and communicating has come from being in, being in America and, and knowing a bit more tactically than other players. So, so getting realising if I can move them around, it makes my job easier. And being in France and maybe having to be a bit louder for people to understand me. So I think that that's, that's the reason why I'm so loud. But in terms of other things, I always try and do the right thing like on and off the field. So professionalism, eating right, sleeping um, and just training really hard and giving them 100%. I think that's one thing that um, a lot of people um, would say that I, I maybe do is, is just that side of it as well. Um, so even if I haven't got the captain down bad, it's just trying to do the right things and be a good person, which is what Lewis is all about. And there are a lot of people like that who do that in our team, which we're really lucky for. Yeah, I, well, you know, I, I believe obviously I watched you play uh, in a recent game against Arsenal. Um, it was a very good game uh, and I, I watched you marshal, I would say, the back four and midfield very, very well. It, they almost, you almost moved as one. It was, yeah. it was very, very good performance and, and that's my kind of first clear indication in my mind of when I, I saw you play and I just thought there is someone who's not just so much as a, a leader but you, you have to be a very effective communicator, but also do it without saying too much. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think you demonstrated to me on that day, that's exactly what you are. So you can be a leader in many different ways. So um, and if you said to me, um, what was your, the best attribute in terms of being a captain or a leader? What would it be? If you had to say one thing, what would it be? Good questions. Um... I think setting a good example, you can't ask other people to do something that you wouldn't do. Um, so I think although communicating and helping people in that way is just trying to get the best out of others by showing them 
you're giving your best. Um, I think I think that's a lot of it is like the motivation side of it and just trying to get the best out of others. But you have to be willing to do it first. I think um, is, is a big thing. Oh, fair enough. Um, apart from being a captain, as a player, without the role and responsibilities as, as a captain, what are your key strengths? Um, again, there's a lot of answers I'd love to give, but I know they're not true. Um, I know recently Rudy said I'm the most skillful player at Lewis, but that's definitely a lie. Well, I did um, see that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to say that, but um, I let other people speak for my strengths. But um, I'm not sure. I, I think um, my ability to read the game is pretty good, um, but then it has to be because I'm not the fastest player in the world. So I think my strengths um, compensate for maybe some of my uh, weaknesses. Um, I'm also quite fit, like I, I love running, and um, which is wasted at centre-back I feel like sometimes, um, <laughs> but um, I, I pride myself on that too, it's just uh, being being quite fit in terms of, yeah, physically and mentally, um, so yeah, I, I would say probably reading the game and just and the vocal side of it, getting the best out of others, I understand that I'm not, I'm not going to win us games necessarily, I'm not going to score a winning goal, I'm not going to or really am I going to ever do that? So I need to make sure that I'm getting the best out of my teammates around me who, who can do those special things. Because um, then when we win, we all win together. So that's yeah. But you, you say you're not going to score the, the winning goal. I mean, have you scored a goal? Um, Bill Ricky, I scored the winning penalty, but it's from <laughs> not far out. So um, I think that's... There's been a few times. Um, there was one at Hofstra, I scored a free kick. So one goal in four years at Hofstra. In France, there was a couple more, but yeah, I'd rather keep them out. As long as I'm not scoring own goals, then I'm coming off the pitch smiling. So, uh, yeah. Okay, right. This is a question I had already thought of. Um, what would be your signature move should you score a goal? Oh. I've got this special move. I don't know how, if I can quite describe it. <laughs> and I definitely haven't got enough space to do it on camera. A lot of my Lewis teammates have seen it. Um, it's kind of like where I'm led on my back and I managed to elevate my whole body off the ground in one movement. It's, it sounds better than it is. <laughs> Ooh, if, that, if that's the goal celebration, we, you, then you need to score. If that's the signature um, yeah, move. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll see it one day. Um, but... Yeah, well, keep a, keep an eye out. But um, I think if I ended up scoring, I'd be so happy. I'd probably end up just uh, just running around like a lunatic. So maybe I'd forget to do the, the celebration. But I'll bear that in mind. But I'll yeah. think about it. Yeah. Bear it in mind. Um, tell me about your time playing for your country. Uh, how soon did, or how early did that start? And where do you believe you will be in terms of representing your country for the rest of your career? Yeah, so... I get a great memories of, of playing for Wales growing up. I think I was 14 the first time I had played for Wales. It was a bit of a shock. Um, but a lot of the girls, she was under 16s, and a lot of the girls uh, got called up for the under 17s. So there, there was a few uh, places in the team that needed to be filled. And I was lucky enough to be called up. And that was actually one of the very occasions that I scored on my debut against Finland from right back. So I managed to get forward a little bit. Um, so that was my first memory. And then throughout the age, youth age groups, I, I was I was I was lucky enough to be there a lot. So 16, 17s, 19s, and obviously the elite round where we hosted in the final tournament. That was um, an amazing experience. I managed to captain quite a few times too. Um, and then 
Uh, Yama was there, I think, when I, uh, just the year before I went to America, I was getting in and out of the senior team. So I sat on the bench a lot. There were some great players in that team, like Sophie Ingle, Jess Fishlock. And I was more than happy to sit on the bench and watch these amazing players and just learn from them. Um, but I kind of knew going to America would maybe jeopardise that position a little bit. Then they weren't going to call a, a young player who sits on the bench back from America just to play for the Welsh team, which I completely understood. Um, Yama actually did for one for one camp, but then I, I mentioned I got injured, so that that kind of ruled me out. Um, and then when I used to come home, even when Jane took over, I used to um, train. They have like a weekly training session, so I used to be involved with those and just try and get my foot in the door a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think just being abroad hasn't helped my situation, and I know the team and the squad have been doing so well, and I still keep an eye out and on their success. I, I know they've been doing really well lately, so it's great to see. And even my uh, housemate, Emma, who uh, plays for Lewis, she's been in and out of, of the Welsh squad. So um, I still have that. I'm still very much connected in terms of watching. And I would love to one day go back a, and be able to be part of that. Um, so I'll just keep working hard and, and see what happens. But yeah, it's great to see them doing well. And uh, hopefully that continues. I hope it does continue as well. So, you know, the international... Um, ankle kicker, as you probably, <laughs> <laughs> as you as you mentioned early on, in terms of the shin pads. Uh, in terms of your Lewis career, where do you see yourself in terms of Lewis and their and their you know aspirations for for this season? Should it return and, and the following seasons? Yeah, I think I think we're all waiting for that decision to see what's happening this season. Um, so I know a lot of us are still. We're all still training, trying to keep fit as much as we can. And it's the same for the other teams in our league. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, and then going forward, I think there's a lot of potential at Lewis. And that's another reason why, as well as it being a great club off the field, I think it has potential Excuse me, on the field. Um, and it's just making sure that we build every year so that we can compete every game. Because I think that's one thing personally that's frustrated me this season is We've managed to perform very well against top teams like Chelsea, um, Reading, um, team like that. And then we, we sometimes struggled in our league against the teams around us that we should we should be beaten. Um, and there's no real excuse for that. So I think that's where we need to improve. And I think we can. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens now with obviously Simon taking over. Um, and I think he surprised a lot of people. And he really impressed us in terms of how he stepped into that role. And I think looking forward, it's, it's going to be positive and hopefully we can uh, make improvements like on and off the field in terms of like the equality side and the football hand in hand. Because I think once we get that balance right and the football is only going to help what we're trying to do off the field and the things that we're doing off the field is only going to help and improve um, our football. So I think it is a great place and there's a lot of potential. That's good. You know, in terms of your own performance after any given game, uh, what do you do to kind of look back and reflect on how things went? Do you look at those areas and say, I'm going to look at a video um, to work on something? Is there a book that you read? Is there a player in another team or within your team that you, you look at and think there's something that they have that I might add to my game? What, what do you do? Yeah, it's a great question. I think I always, uh, from the time of Bristol and Wales, and I always try and watch the, the games back. So in the ne next couple of days um, and take notes. Um, and I have like a little 
a statistics thing that I keep track of to see how I'm going throughout the season. Um, I'm doing a master's in sports psychology at the same time. So um, it's quite interesting to um, use the stuff that I'm learning uh, with that and implement it in my game and even some teammates. Uh, I use them as guinea pigs, not that they know. So now, now, the secret's out. <laughs> now the secret's out. <laughs> Hopefully they're not listening. Um, but in terms of, I like to watch other women's games and uh, the men's games just to see what I can improve, what, what better, what the next level looks like. And um, the coaches are really good at Lewis. There's a, there's a young guy, James, who just came in and I do a lot of work with him. So recently I've moved over to the left side of centre-back, um, which is my... Caitlin, me and Caitlin have argued many times. We do rock, paper, scissors to who will play right and left because we both, both prefer the right. Um, but now I, I've just decided I'm going to go with it. I'm going to stick to the left side. And I've been working a lot on my left foot recently and I feel more confident in it. And I think I, think I felt that in the performances lately against like Arsenal and Leicester. Um, and obviously lockdown has given me a perfect opportunity, just no excuse to go out and practice that. So hopefully that will be seen in... in next season or if this season continues. But yeah, um, going off Caitlin too, I, I look at her a lot to, to see differences because I think we're very different players. So she has the, the power, the strength. She's just a machine. Um, so I, I look at her a lot and try and, I think not compare, um, but take little things out of her game. And I'm not sure she does the same for me, but I know that's one thing that <laughs> I look into. So uh, yeah. That's, that's really good in terms of reflective practice. So it's uh, good that you're working on uh, your left side now. So yeah. <laughs> we'll look out for that in the future. Uh, apparently it's not just for standing on, which I don't believe, but uh, yeah, apparently well, it's, there's things too. It's been said. <laughs> it's been said. <laughs> uh, in, in terms of how you've coped you know, socially um, during this period where there's no football, so many people generally are talking about the box set um, which book, which podcast they've been listening to, watching? Uh, is there has there been anything particular that you've been watching, or are you too busy with the university? Um, I'd love to say I'm being dedicated to the U work, which uh, it's getting a bit into it now. But I have it's been nice, especially the last month or so. Is is a spending more time with my family? Obviously, I've been away in America and France, and I think. I have a twin brother, so he's, my mum and dad are, are just a, a, a buzzing that this is the first time they've had us for eight weeks together. So they're very happy. So it's nice to spend time and, and eat dinner and little things like that with them. Um, I actually picked up, I've, I haven't got much stuff here at, at the house because obviously this is where I live in Lewis normally. So back in Wales, I haven't got much stuff. So I've been watching a bit of Netflix. I think The Last Dance has recently come on. That's, that's pretty good about motivation with Michael Jordan. And then I've been reading um, Anne Frank's book, which is quite ironic, stuck in lockdown. Um, I don't know why I just picked it up. There's no books here, so and it, it was you could relate a lot. Obviously, I'm saying I'm in World War World War Two, but um, yeah, it was it was quite. I don't know. Some of the messages is quite funny about how she deals with like um, her family in lockdown and and stuff like that. So it, it's yeah, it was quite interesting. So different side to me, I guess. A different side. Well, the the, the book. It's definitely different. I, of all the books to read, Anne Frank. No, it's not my normal type of book. I honestly normally it's like autobiographies or, or yeah, normal up to date story. But I don't know. I saw it on the shelf and I was like, oh, I'll give that a go. But I couldn't put it down. So the, the perfect isolation book to read, <laughs> Anne Frank. I'd recommend it honestly. So <laughs> I'll, I'll take that as a, a given. Yes. Um, 
There's a question I've, I posed to someone else recently and I thought I'd answer you the same. Um, if there were a particular TV film or film uh, that you liked and you would like to guest star in, what would it be and which role would you take? Oh, wow, that is a very good question. I don't watch much TV, but... I recently really like Afterlife, but I can't think of a role with Ricky Gervais is quite depressing, so I don't think there's a role in there that I want to take on. I don't think Anne Frank is on TV, so I couldn't take on Anne Frank. Um, I don't know, I quite like, I don't know, I've also been watching Killing Eve, but that's a movie there, so I don't know, I quite like, I think she's cool. Um, but I would, without, without the mood in people. Um, so that's, I'll have to come back to you on that question. That is, um, that is a quite good, you know, from Anne Frank, no, Ricky Gervais is quite more, um, Killing Eve. There's a, there's a, a macabre thread. Honestly, I'm normally a positive, upbeat person, I, I promise, but um, you just call me at that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh no! I don't know if I caught you at that time. It's definitely. Maybe we everyone, can edit this. We can edit no, this bit out. <laughs> no, we won't. We'll we'll leave this in. We'll definitely leave this in. Um, I'm conscious of your time, obviously. Uh, and uh, before we go, I want to ask you. You know what you what you got plans for the rest of obviously this day? But in terms of uh, your regime, do you have a plan that you follow every day? Do you have a fitness plan to stick to? How do you how do you balance things up for yourself? Yeah, I think it's been one of those learning processes as the weeks have gone on. I, I originally only came home for Mother's Day, so I haven't got, as I said, I haven't got much stuff on me, and it's, it's been eight weeks now, so I'm just trying to adapt as much as possible. Um, I normally spend um, as much time as I can in the day doing my uni work, and then once I can't look at the laptop any longer, I'll go out and do my fitness for the day. And I'm lucky my twin brother's here, so he's been forced to be my training partner um, and he's got so much fit over the last couple of weeks. So the day I've got on the cards, I've got a homemade gym, gym session. So I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen on Twitter, but I've um, managed to get like a, a scaffolding pole and I put bags on the end with weight in it. And I, I've been doing some squats with that. So we're just trying to improvise. Um, Lewis has obviously sent us a fitness program too. So doing doing some of that and then one of the girls Annie um, she's just started a PT um, her own PT coming at the right time so twice a week I've been doing those sessions too which would be great um, so yeah just as much as I can to stay fit and sane um, but that, that's my sort of plan is just finish the uni work and try and stay fit until we know what's going on. Uh, well I have to say thank you very much and I do uh, like the whole improvised of the uh, cement bags and the uh, pole <laughs> that 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 works for me works. well it's a free free gym membership so uh, yeah uh, maybe if you come around we'll start charging but oh whatever. gosh <laughs> I, uh, I think they might stop me on the way there they, they <laughs> yeah that's true okay um i'm going to say thank you very much rianne for sharing your journey into football and how it began for you and your passion your passion is definitely clear to see and obviously your leadership skills as well and uh, uh, the, the one thing I want to ask you before we say goodbye finally in, in terms of um, your career, you're definitely still playing, but have you ever considered coaching? Because I believe that being a, a captain and leader on the pitch, there's an element of that already. Is that something in the back of your mind? Yeah, it's it's always something that I, I would definitely consider. 
Um, I know there's opportunities in America for me to stay and do something like that there. But um, the sports psychology side and the motivation has always maybe just piqued my interest a little bit more. And I think I didn't want to, especially when I'm playing, I don't want to play football and coach it. And it just, as I said, take over my life a bit too much. And I want to be able to switch off. So that sports psychology gives me that little bit of a difference. Um, but no, it's not something that I would definitely keep an open mind to. And, and I enjoy it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But for now, I'm going to keep playing until my legs don't work anymore. Yeah. Okay, well, long, long may you play. I'm going to say thank you very much, Rianne, for giving me the time and uh, sharing your journey into football. My pleasure. Thanks very much. Um, thank I hope to see you at another game soon. Well, hopefully, and hopefully we can get to talk later on once the, the league returns and find out how things are going for you. Definitely. Yeah. Speak soon. Thanks, Rodney. Thank you very much. And that was Rianne. This is On and Off the Pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus and I'll see you soon. Bye for now.